It's time to get your hockey fix. This is Brave the Wild with your host, Paladino Joey, the leader of Minnesota wild hockey here on thesportstuff.com. Hello again, hockey fans. Are you ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey? We are back to talk some Minnesota wild hockey. I am riding solo yet again. Neil Nate Dog Thiesing will return at some point again. I keep saying it, but <laughs> it's going to happen. We're getting closer and closer to it, probably as we head nearer and nearer to springtime, though the weather would tell you we are nowhere near springtime in any way, shape, or form. But, yeah, we probably are getting closer than we think. Okay, enough of that. Um, a fun week for the Minnesota Wild. We are, we are going to review three games today against Western Conference foes. Former divisional foes and a current division foe, all that good stuff. And we're going to preview three games going into next week. As always, we're going to have the, the review segment, the preview segment, and the North Star Memory and Iowa Wild checkup. So, here we go. Let's hop right in. To the past week with the Minnesota Wild, starting things out in an amazing fashion. Winning in a place the Minnesota Wild never, ever, ever win. Dating all the way back to their very first game in the history of the franchise when the Minnesota Wild lost three to, or excuse me, 4-1 to one to the Anaheim Ducks in their inaugural game. The only goal was scored by Marine Gabrick. And yes, I know that just from personal memory, not from having to look it up. That's just how, that's just who I am. Um, Tuesday, January the 28th, the Minnesota Wild defeat, that's right, defeat the Anaheim Mighty Ducks in the Duck Pond. Oh my god! Absolutely awesome, absolutely amazing, and absolutely not the, uh, not a sign of what was to come, uh, which was quite frustrating the rest of the week, but at least the Wild (laughs) managed to make it interesting in every single game this week, they managed to get three points out of a possible six. Would have liked, uh, would have liked a little more than, would have liked more like four or five. But uh, I guess we got to take what we get. Uh, and it was a tough schedule, tough schedule. <sighs> but this Anaheim game was just so amazing in so many ways. Oh, what a coming out party for the Minnesota Wild! What a way to show what you can do. Unfortunately, though, the inconsistency of Darcy Comfer. Uh, it shows at times, but that's his youth, I suppose. I'm willing to give him a pass during the course of this week because when he's on, he is unbelievable. When he's off, he gives up a couple softies, and of course there were some huge, huge mistakes by a certain uh, third-line center of the Minnesota Wild. We're going to get to that later. Uh, Jason Pominville, Zach Parisi, Eric Halla, all scoring the goals, all scoring goals in this game. Mikhail Granlund, oh my God, we saw... Some awesome stuff. In fact, here it is. The line of lines. (laughs) One of the reasons why the Minnesota Wild look absolutely awesome right now is because there is a line right now featuring Mikhail Granlund, Zach Parisi, and Jason Pominville. Is that the second line? Is it the first? Uh, It's got to be the first line. In fact, there's almost no doubt about it. So Mikhail Granlund is right now the first line center for the Minnesota Wild. 
Jason Pominville and Mikhail Granlin are now top liners with Zach Parisi. Granted, the top, the granted the two lines, it doesn't even matter who's considered topper or second, really, when you think about it. Um, the big, big question becomes where does Miko Koivu go? Because if if they break up this line, it's just a huge, huge, utter mistake. I mean, how can you break up a line with Zach Parisi, Jason Pominville, and Mikhail Granlin, and how well they played together? I mean, the chemistry is frighteningly good. They look like legitimate contenders with those guys on the ice. Legitimate contenders. I mean, they are not good. They are amazing. Mikhail Granlund is really becoming one of the best. <laughs> I mean, he is incredible. Um, he really is becoming that top prospect that he was supposed to be for the Minnesota Wild going into last season. And I mean, last season, I, I mean, it's like you hardly even remember it now with how amazing Mikhail Granlund has been. Uh, it basically was like you, uh, Jonas Brodeen had leapfrogged Mikhail Granlund from, uh, to be the top prospect on the team from second to first. Mikhail was down to like maybe third behind Charlie Coyle and, of course, Jonas Brodeen. Now, uh, gosh, um, Granlund and Brodeen are like 1A and 1B for top prospect. Coyle's down to third, and then after that, well, you know, you got this guy and that guy. Yeah, we're we're going to get to that at some point. Um, just... Just an awesome game for the Minnesota Wild. They flat outplayed the Anaheim Ducks in their house. They took a 4-1 to lead at one point. I was just in utter utter amazement. Um, Halla and Jason Pominville playing together on this particular play, uh, goal. Very cool to see them together. Eric Halla, without a doubt, has helped make this team a better hockey team with that fourth line because of the speed he brings. That had been the problem in the past was the fourth line for the Minnesota Wild was slow. Uh, Zenit Kanopka, Mike Rupp, guys like that centering that line. Uh, where Tori Mitchell's fast, guys like that were fast. Um, but, you know, Stefan Veyu's, eh, he's okay. But when you have a center who's just, you know, who's outstanding defensively and incredibly fast, like Eric Halla and young and uh, got a nice future in this league, you have a fourth line that can play in this league. And when you have a fourth line that can play, You've got something going here. Uh, possibility, though, I wouldn't be too surprised if Eric Halla eventually became the third-line center because Kyle Brozniak was by far the worst player in the team this week. That's obviously a dead giveaway for who's going to win the James Shepard Award, but we're not quite there yet. Um, Zach Parisi, just unbelievable in this game. Unbelievable. And just watching Pominville and Mikhail Granlund <laughs> and Parisi together, I, I just can't get enough of it. I could watch it all night, and I, I mean, just forever. I could watch it forever. I mean, thank God. It, it, it's the kind of line the Minnesota Wild have never had before. And Ryan Suter assisting on Mikhail Granlin's power play goal, his fourth of the year, which made it 2-1. to one. Uh, And a lot of us were like, oh, brother, when Dustin Penner tied the game up with less than two minutes left in the first period, everybody's like, oh, boy. I mean, I know what we all were thinking is like, yeah, see, the Wild took the lead, but here come the Anaheim Ducks. But then after that, it was just like, no, <laughs> no, as <laughs> the Wild went up 2-1, 3-1, 4-1, of course, Mikhail Granlin, Parisi, and Halla scoring those goals in a beautiful fashion. Oh, I mean, Pominville, Parisi, and Granlin all over this game in every way. Scandella, Prosser, and Suter chipping in. Uh, <laughs> the three, our three defensemen chipping in on these goals as well. One of the most fun games I've watched in a long time. And it gave a lot of us hope. 
And it, it was like, okay, this is the obvious loss on the schedule, but I think the Wild could beat Colorado and Calgary. And we got the exact opposite. <laughs> we got the exact opposite. Because uh, uh, not only, obviously, the Wild were scoring goals, but Darcy Comfort was amazing as well. I mean, he was outstanding in the game as well. I mean, geez, stopping, uh, stopping 33, or, well, excuse me, 31 out of 33 shot attempts. Save percentage 94%. Jonas Tiller was okay. And that's all, you know, he's not really that great anyway. He's a decent goalie for the Anaheim Ducks. Just their scoring and defense would lead the way there. Hiller is more than adequate, though. I mean, nobody's really complaining about him. But, oh man, what a, what a fun game. What a nice feeling. It's just, what an awful shame for what was to come the coming night. Thursday, January the 30th, the Minnesota Wild. Wrap up the month of January, at least schedule-wise. Because there was one more day in January, uh, the Wild lose five to four to the Colorado Avalanche, and they trailed four to one at one point in this game, as the Avalanche had an avalanche, <laughs> pardon me, pun there, an avalanche of goals in the second period. They just exploded. The first period, the Wild and the Avalanche fought to a draw, and that was okay with me. Parisi scoring again. It's just Parisi all over the place this week. Yes, uh, we're going to get to what he became <laughs> as we wrap up the segment uh, in a bit here. Parisi with his 17th and 18th goals in this game. Of course, Parisi tying it up early in the first period. It's like, okay, we're going to be fine. Yep, here come the Wild now. And then, no, here don't come the Wild. <laughs> his old, uh, oh, as Darcy Comfort just did not have a good night. The Minnesota Wild were out of sync. They were a mess. And there was a lot of mistakes. Kyle Brozniak not knowing what the hell he's doing out there at times. Um, defensive laps by Keith Ballard as well. Like, what the hell? That was on Max Talbot's goal that made it 4-1. to one. And it was like, boy, this Wild are absolutely not going to win this game. That was mid... That was, uh, well, with less than five minutes left in the second period. I mean, what the hell? It's like, what the hell is Keith Ballard doing? I mean, he's, he, he's, in, he, he's definitely a runner-up for uh, James Shepard Memorial, even though he does... Factoring in some of the uh, scoring later on, he got a, he got his second goal of the of the year against Calgary, and did get an assist in the Mikhail Granlund goal that comes up here with Parisi. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting to the, get to that line again in that third period. Gee, many Christmas were they good? They were everywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean Keith Ballard, just a horrible, horrible play at that point in time. But it pales in comparison for what took place in that third period with uh, Kyle Brozniak. It just made me sick. Made me sick. But when the third period came, <laughs> that amazing front, that amazing top line of the Minnesota Wild exploded. They accounted for all three goals. That's right, all three goals for the Minnesota Wild that they were able to have. Zach Parisi getting his 18th of the year, second goal of the game, wound up with four points on the night because he assisted on Mikhail Granlund and Jason Pominville's goals. That would come later. Yes, Mikhail Granlund, five minutes later, with his fifth goal of the year, Ballard and Parisi assisting. But then the Nathan McKinnon goal. Oh, my. Uh, the puck was in front of the net. Nicholas Backstrom had taken over for Comfort, who had been shelled, of course. Backstrom had taken over after the fourth goal. It's like, sorry, Comfort, it's just not your night. Just sit down. Let's keep your confidence where it needs to be. And it's not a, So it's not a 6-1 type of situation where you're really just shattered. Wild, Wild could have won this game. They absolutely could have won this game. 
<laughs> the way things were headed at one point. But that mess up, I mean, the puck was in front of the net. And for whatever strange bleeping reason, Kyle Brozdek, instead of simply clearing the puck away, just kind of had, I don't know what he was doing, if he was trying to pass the puck back to Backstrom or what he was thinking, but Backstrom was not in any position to receive the puck. Brozdek just kind of sat there, and then Nathan McKinnon just kind of tipped it in off of Brozdek's stick. Uh, it almost looked like Kyle Brozdek scored the goal, actually, but uh, McKinnon was kind of the one that kind of pushed. He basically pushed Brozdek's stick because Brozdek wouldn't move. Just wouldn't move. He's facing the goalie for some damn reason with the puck. Makes no sense. And it goes in, and it's a 5-3 hockey game with two and a half minutes left. It's like, thanks, Brozdek. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You know, we had a chance to possibly win this game. And look what you just did. But 11 seconds later, Jason Pominville scores, and there was all this hope. Oh, my God, that, that line did it again. Pominville, Granlin, and Parisi pair up on another just ridiculously great play. These guys are just, I mean, the passing and the execution of that line. Oh, my God. You cannot break up this line. And you know the chemistry is not going to always be this good. But, <laughs> I mean... This team could go a long way with, with guys playing this well together. Whew-wee. I mean, Parisi, you know, Parisi hadn't really broken out yet. You know he's like a, you know, you know he's a guy that could be a potential 80 or 90 point guy with the right players around him. And yeah, this, this could possibly happen. I mean, all of, all three of these guys could have just an amazing type, 80 point type seasons if they all play together. Um... But uh, after that 20-second goal of the year by Jason Pominville, the Wild just could not finish on a few uh, on a few good chances. Just couldn't finish. It just wasn't their night. And Vlarmov wraps things up. That lucky son of a gun. He had recently signed a five-year extension, by the way. Uh, Vlarmov was... Well, I don't really like the guy, damn it. Because <laughs> I don't like the Avalanche. They're... Really good, yeah. They're really damn good, and it sucks. I, I hate that they're good again. It didn't. They they were bad for like a year, basically a year or two. Uh, but um, yeah, he got the job done, and the Wild could not get a single point out of this one, despite an amazing comeback. Kyle Brozdiak, definitely. Kyle Brozdiak and Darcy Kumper definitely have their fingerprints all over this one, as does Keith Ballard. Just some horrible mistakes across along the way, Kumper. Um, Oh, and uh, Ballard actually tripped. <laughs> Great play, too, there. Or was it Braziak? Okay. Actually tripped Comfort on one of the goals as well. That was in the Calgary game, though. Yeah, that was Ballard. I, I just, what the hell? It made me sick. I wanted to knock someone's head off at that point. Really frustrating. Don't know what the hell he was doing, but that's the, yeah, the Calgary game. We'll get off this one, and we'll head to Calgary. The Sea of Red, Saddle Dome, all that good stuff. We're going to start off February, Saturday, February the 1st, uh, an overtime loss against the Calgary Flames, just like the old days. You thought, And who do you think scored the goal? Was it Jerome Ginla? No, not this time. And for some very strange reason, the Calgary Flames, at this point, had won their fifth straight game. Um, really. A 5-0 and homestand for the Calgary Flames, who have been completely out of contention pretty much from the get-go this year. A team that 
I don't know what the hell they're really doing as a front office. I mean, they have, they're kind of mixing, they're kind of doing what the Wild were doing a few years ago, mixing veterans with young guys when they're not really in any type of win-now situation. What, what are you doing? They're kind of like doing what the Phoenix Suns are doing in the NBA like last year when nobody understood what the hell they're doing. Uh, Calgary, I have no idea. <laughs> they they just need to they need to get some prospects in there as soon as possible. They need to they need to chuck Fletcher it. You know they really do. Uh, just another f- strangely frustrating game. It's like Calgary really looking a lot better than they had in a while. They're kind of looking like the Flames that were competitive that used to beat the North Stars and the Flames that used to annoy the crap out of us Wild fans. When when the Wild were not very good and Jerome Ginla would always beat us. It just was one of those kind of games. Kyle Backlund with two goals in this one. His 12th and his 13th of the season. Uh, Matt Cook with a nice uh, shorthanded goal, though, by the way. Forcing a turnover, stealing the puck, breaking away for his ninth goal of the year. That was very cool. Matt Cook has been doing that of late, and it's really cool to see. He's been... Uh, he, he, he's been a godsend for that third line, Matt Cook. He's not necessarily the biggest scoring threat in the world, but he, he, he gets these. Uh, he did that against San Jose last week. Nice goal, but unfortunately Calgary was able to take the lead right back because uh, Calgary had scored in the first period. Wild could not get anything going in that first period. Very, very weak start. Then showing a little signs in the second period, but only got Matt Cook's goal. Dennis Weidman, only a couple of minutes later, got Calgary the lead right back. And this was ultimately where Darcy Comfort was tripped. And it was by Clayton Stoner. I was saying Keith Ballard earlier, but Clayton Stoner tripped him. He just kind of was trying to screen the net and everything. And he, well, not he, he obscured, he, he not only tripped uh, Comfort, but he also obscured his vision. Sometimes that screening stuff is not always the best idea. He kind of got in the way a little too much. Stoner just was not in the right position at all. Just a just a terrible play. Darcy Comper looked awfully irritated, and unfortunately, this was a turning point in the game that really, I think, helped cost the Wild the game. Uh, it wasn't one. It wasn't the one play that did cost them the game. In fact, the the overtime goal ultimately, the Wild just got beat by Backlund later on. But um, just a just a bad play. I mean, th- th- that goal should never have happened, plain and simple. So Calgary getting the lead right back. The Wild were fighting from behind pretty much the whole night, unfortunately, because Backlund would get his 12th goal of the season early in the third period. See that? Obviously, the Weidman situation opened the door for Calgary and really, really hurt the Wild. But luckily, the Wild had another rally in them again. Danny Heatley with his 10th goal of the year and a pretty impressive power play. Granlin, Parisi, and Heatley teaming up for this one. Heatley just in the right spot again. With a showing some skills <laughs> again, that's just how Heatley scores. He's in the right place at the right time because he doesn't have the speed anymore that he once had, but his hands are still there, as we always like to say. A nice goal on the power play, and with Chuck's almost 10 minutes left in the third period, hey, we had some hope. The Wild kept getting more scoring chances. Keith Ballard was able to bury one from Brozniak and Heatley. Heatley getting two, uh, two points in this game again. He continues to creep up. The Wild scoring list the past few weeks now. I've been really happy with Danny Heatley. Um, would not, again, I've said before, would not mind seeing him sign to an extension, a cheap extension. Yes, cheap. Not 
anything near what he what he's made this past uh, what what his book is right now or what his salary is on the books right now of seven point five mil. If we could get him down to like one point five, hey, uh, shoot, I mean that, that's not bad. That's probably about what Keith Ballard's making right now or uh, something like that. I wouldn't mind re-signing Heatley for like one or two years for a, a cheap contract. I'm guessing he wouldn't actually mind either. He's made a lot of money in his career. Um, his role's not going to be what it was in the past, obviously, so why not? Um, when the Wild tied this thing up, though, with Keith Ballard, I was just amazed. Like, oh my god, we! I can't believe it. Are we going to win this thing? Are we going to go to overtime and maybe a shootout and win this thing? But no. Going to overtime against Calgary, it's like always Calgary. I, it, it just is. It's like in their blood. They always seem to win overtime games, especially against the Minnesota Wild. You know it, and I know it. Those of you that have watched this team the last 10, 15 years, well, so has it been 15? Uh, this is like the 14th season, I suppose. I guess 13th, because one year didn't even exist, unfortunately, thanks to a massive lockout. Luckily, last year did not quite get to that point. It was pretty close. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Calgary always seems to score and Backlund with a very, very good play driving to the net and the wild, just not ready for him. He just flat beat, (laughs) he beat comfort. He beat, beat the wild blue liners, just got the job done. It was disappointing and it was pretty quick. Only two minutes into overtime, the wild didn't really muster much, uh, of a threat against Calgary, unfortunately. And the Flames win the game, but at least the Wilds sneak out with a point. Oh, goody. Kari Ramo and Reto Berra teaming up in this game to beat the Wild. Well, Berra was taken out, and then Romo, Ramo took over. <sighs> Unfortunately, the Wild just, uh, yep, could not, could not escape with four points in this road trip. But I guess it just is what it is. So <laughs> we'll take a quick break. No, we're not going to take a break. What am I talking about? Let's pass out the awards for the week. And I'll mention this right now, obviously. <laughs> How could it not go to Zach Parisi? <laughs> the Mike Madonna Award is definitely going to Zach Parisi because not only was he the number one star of the week for the Minnesota Wild, he was the number one star in the entire NHL. So an easy, easy Mike Madonna Award to Zach Parisi. And an equally easy Mike Madonna Award winner, even though Keith Ballard didn't have a good week either and Stoner had that bad play. So those are your three bad stars, or two, your 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 sec, first runner-up and second runner-up, but the easy winner, Kyle Brozniak, the James Shepard Memorial. I mean, a really bad week. He's made a lot of mistakes, and he's been doing it kind of all year. He's had a rough, rough season. The scoring isn't even the frustration, and yeah, it's frustrating a little bit, but the bad plays to go along with it. Kyle Brozniak not living up to the that contract extension he got, was it last year or so? Not been doing so good. No. Big, big frustration to all of us Minnesota Wild fans. So let's wrap up this segment and we will return for some previews. Hopefully a more positive week coming up here for the Minnesota Wild. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you could support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. 
We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportsstuff.com. And please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Brave the Wild on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Brave the Wild. And we are ready for the preview segment. Yes, we got some games coming up this coming week. We are heading, well, it's kind of cool how we go from Calgary to, well, playing against Tampa, hosting against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's right, the Tampa Bay Lightning. (laughs) This is going to be the last show for, I believe, uh, uh, two weeks, I believe, yeah, for Brave the Wild. So I thought I should let you know that as well. So it's kind of like a... The two teams that played in the 2004 Stanley Cup Finals, the Calgary Flames, now the Tampa Bay Lightning come to Minnesota, and then the Nashville Predators. So only two more games to go. I'm only going to be previewing two more games, and then I'll be doing a show next week where I'll be reviewing those, and I guess the next week or two will be off (laughs) for myself doing Brave the Wild. So I'll miss doing the show, but you'll enjoy the Olympics. I'm not going to do shows about the Olympics. I'm just not going to do that. So letting you know about that. So, Tampa Bay Lightning come to town. I've always kind of liked the Tampa Bay Lightning. I've always kind of liked the Calgary Flames. It was kind of like, it'd be cool to see either one of those teams win the Stanley Cup. Ultimately, it was Tampa Bay, but that was, man, that was 10 years ago. Jeez, that's a long time ago, isn't it? Tampa Bay Lightning have been a team that's got a lot of talent, and they had a very disappointing season last year. They are back at it again, though. 38-18-5. and and They are playing really, really good right now. They have really, really <laughs> emerged. They are number two in the Atlantic Division right now. They would absolutely be in the playoffs as we speak today. Luckily, the Minnesota Wild play at home, but I'm a little bit worried, and a lot of those guys that won the Stanley Cup on that team still there. <laughs> Martin San Louis leading the Tampa Bay Lightning in every single category with 53 points, 25 goals, 28 assists, absolutely dominating. Uh, Valtteri Filipoupa, uh, Filipula, and Pupa, excuse me, Filipula. <laughs> I really apologize for that. Uh, with a 40-point season, Victor Hedman doing well as well with 36 points. Tyler Johnson with 35. Teddy Purcell with 32. Alex Kilhorn with 32. Oh my God, Andre Palat with 31. I mean, look at that. You got seven players for Tampa Bay with 30 points or more. Now, 30 points isn't exactly dominant, but it shows just how deep the Tampa Bay Lightning truly are. You got Steven Stamkos. Oh, yeah, that guy, too, who's got 23 points in only 17 games, who'd been out for a while there. Yeah, he's the best player on the entire team, obviously. He was a number one overall pick a couple years ago when the Tampa Bay Lightning were not good. <laughs> number one overall pick. Uh, unfortunately, he is still out. He's been out for quite a while for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but he did skate on Friday, January the 31st. So, he's, uh, well, he's getting closer. He'll play in the Olympics, possibly, if he doesn't return first, but they only have a couple of games left, and wouldn't that just figure if Steven Stamkos did return for the Tampa Bay Lightning against the Minnesota Wild <laughs> uh, on Tuesday? Oh, wouldn't that be something? That would be quite frustrating. Ah. <sighs> 
Boy, they are, uh, Tampa Bay's got a lot of talent, don't they? Steven Stamkos has been good pretty much from the get-go. Never had a 100-point season in his career, but he's been damn close. Minnesota Wild have never come close with a 100-point uh, player in their career. Ben Bishop, too. I mean, look at him. His goals against average under 2, save percentage about 93. Just an unbelievable year, 27-7. and seven. Their backup isn't so good. Bishop is six foot seven too. He's a tall son of a gun. <laughs> Man, Tampa Bay's got the whole package going on, don't they? I mean, they got a lot of scoring. They got a good goalie. Um, their defensemen are good as well. Oh, I I want to pick the Wild to win this game, but uh, I, I'm not liking the way they've been. I'm not liking the way things have turned with against Colorado and Calgary. You'd like to believe that the Wild will come back. They'll be pissed off after that Calgary game and win, but I don't know. I, I'm going to pick a Tampa Bay win. Uh, we'll say like we'll say the Wild get a point in this one, though. I'm going to say the Wild get a point, but Tampa Bay skill just wins out the day, unfortunately, either in overtime or in a shootout. We'll go with a 4-3, to three, uh, quote-unquote, 4-3 to three sh- shootout slash overtime victory for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think the Wild escape with a point. I hope they do. Uh, keep If the Wild keep that good line together, who knows? Maybe we could beat Tampa Bay, but... Tampa Bay's got just so much talent. Obviously, Stamkos, he's he, he's an X-factor, but then again, coming back from injury, a guy like that, as good as he is, may or may not have like a, a good game in that situation. I mean, when you're out since November, that's a long time, so you can't expect him to be completely up to speed. Though, eh, whatever. You, you never know. Uh, Parisi wasn't dominant right out of the gate when he came back, so because he, he missed a while, unfortunately. But now look at him. You put him with the right guys, bada bing, bada boom, and Tampa Bay's got the right guys, that's for damn sure. So, as I said, yes, Minnesota will get a point out of it, but not a win against the Lightning. The Nashville Predators. The Nashville Predators are next on the list. Yes, the Wild will host the Nashville Predators before we go off to the Olympics. Nashville. So, a little two-game homestand for the Wild. Oh, how about them Nashville Predators? They are two games above five hundred. They would be out of the postseason by a, uh, they're, they're kind of like the Dallas Stars, really, aren't they? They're sixth in, in our central division. They're very similar to the Dallas Stars in a, in a lot of ways, actually, with veterans and youth. Um, obviously, they have the elite defensemen who used to pair with Ryan Suter for years and years and years. They've got like 700 goalies that have played for them this year, kind of like the Wild, but... <laughs> They're kind of a mess in Nashville. I mean, their goalies aren't that good, except for Pekka Rin, who's only played nine games. Uh, David Legwand is leading the way. Shea Weber, obviously, even better than Ryan Suter, according to some people, at least on the offensive side of the puck. But after that, after a couple of decent players, it, you know, they, there's kind of a drop-off. Matt Cullen is, is doing a decent job there in Nashville, and it seems like he's he, he scored against us last time around. Hopefully he doesn't again. I think the Wild get a win in this one. I mean, if, if let's just say if the Wild do not beat the Nashville Predators at home, that's a huge disappointment. Huge. So I, I'm going to go with a 4-2 victory for the Minnesota Wild. I mean, the offense, the, the, play, the offensive players are scoring right now. It's just the defensive lapses and the dumb turnovers and the horrible mistakes that have hurt the Wild, and I think that will cost them against uh, Tampa Bay, but not will not cost them enough against Nashville. I think the mild offense will be too strong for this eh, mediocre Nashville team. 4-2 victory for Minnesota. 3 out of 4 possible points for the Minnesota Wild 
and the little mini two-game homestand, and then off again to the Olympics we go. All right, so um, being this was shorter, I'm going to throw in the fan interaction now <laughs> on the Facebook page. I'll just say it now. And, uh, yeah, let's just do it now. There was only one, actually, overall on this uh, this week. Really, really quiet on the Facebook page, unfortunately, of late. In fact, I'm not sure where it was now. Uh, there it is. Mark Carlson. I always love him, though. And he had some wonderful things to say here. He was saying, Joey Awijan, or Joey, I like the changes you've you've made to the show is very professional and yes you have noticed the changes out there haven't you listeners yes and thank you for you that mark he was saying i look forward to the return of nate dog it would be so sweet to have him in studio <laughs> you're on goal you're on goal quote unquote as he says with these changes and i have the wild versus avalanche on tonight yep this is during the avs game the game is getting out of hand with that and fourth goal colorado has me ticked off anyway keep up the good work and yes that fourth goal was pathetic uh, that was a really bad one horrible defensive mistake horrible screw up by keith ballard there oh made me sick but yeah thank you very much mark really appreciate you Hopefully we can get some more people on here as well to join in conversation with Mark Carlson and myself would be nice. And we, we've had a few, obviously. We've had a few. It's just been quiet the past couple weeks here. And we will <laughs> we will tell you how to get to the Facebook page here in the contact details But <laughs> during the break here. And then we will get to that North Stars memory and the Iowa Wild checkup right after this. Contact us and support Brave the Wild by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. And hello again, hockey fans. We're back here on Brave the Wild. Time to get to the North Stars memory. Yes, uh, you know, the Minnesota North Stars had a lot of head coaches over the years. In fact... (laughs) <laughs> hockey's a bizarre sport, especially back in the good old days, we'll call them, <laughs> when coaches kind of came and went and came back and got fired again or resigned or came back, resigned, came back, got fired, but were brought back. Kind of like Timberwolves explosion. Wink, wink. <laughs> oh, yeah, a little bit of goofy drama going on there, but all is good. All is well that ends well. Um, all is well that ends well, too, with the Minnesota North Stars coaches. But out of all the coaches, I mean, they had like 700 coaches, it seemed like. But who was the winningest coach for the Minnesota North Stars over the years? We had guys like Lou Nanny coach. We had. We even had... The great Herb Brooks show up and coach for a short bit of time, but unfortunately he demanded so much money from the then general manager, the great, the godfather, the Yoda, Lou Nanny. And Lou said, you know I can't do that because they weren't making enough money to give (laughs) Herb Brooks uh, to keep him around for like five years and such and beyond. And who who knows what would have happened if they did. But though the North Stars had one of the worst seasons ever, under Herb Brooks, because they were just not ready to compete at the time, and I don't know, it just didn't work out too good at the time. But again, as I said, who was the winningest coach during the course of the Minnesota North Stars history? A lot of you older timers would know, and that would be Glenn Sonmore, who (laughs) had how many stints with the North Stars? How many? He had about a bajillion. Just crazy. He kind of came and went and came and went. It it was pretty crazy, but ultimately... He was able to, uh, well, he came and went a couple times because he had had an alcohol problem and such. But 
Over the course of time, though, he was able to coach 422 games, and he won 177 and lost 161 games and 83. That's a lot of ties over those 422 games. Started coaching the North Stars in 78, and this first stint ended in 83. <laughs> it wasn't, yeah, it was definitely an alcohol problem and such with Sanmar, uh, even though he was doing really well. <laughs> the North Stars are doing excellent at the time. Just a distraction. And then he was brought back in 84 and 85, and then left again and came back in 86, 87 for only two games, unfortunately. And that was all she wrote for uh, Mr. Sanmar. And then ultimately, that was when Herb Brooks kind of came around for a short period of time. Boy, 87 was quite an interesting year in this town, wasn't it? You had the Twins win the World Series. You had the uh, the Vikings with a dropped pass by Darren Nelson away from a Super Bowl appearance and probably a win over the Denver Broncos, no doubt. Um, and <laughs> gosh, Herb Brooks even coached the North Stars at that point in time. Pretty crazy to think about. But over the but ultimately, Glenn Stonmore was the man as the overall top head coach for the Minnesota North Stars. Quite a quite quite a coach indeed, and you know he had a nice run as a color commentator with Gopher Hockey as well on the radio. Very interesting guy, very interesting guy. <laughs> Alcohol issues got in the way at times, but when he was on, he was a hell of a coach and quite quite an interesting person indeed. So. That's your North Stars memory for this show. We will come up with something again next week. <laughs> There's so much history with this team, and I love talking about them. And you, you, you got to like those old memories. And boy, the North Stars were so good back in those days, especially that Cup Finals run in 80-81. Oh, man, they went all the way, despite a, just a third-place finish in the Adams Division. The move to the Norris Division couldn't win it. They couldn't even get out of the couldn't even get out of the first round. Just ah, so frustrating. Jeez, couldn't even get out of the first round. Isn't, isn't that crazy? So, uh, that, that's just Minnesota sports for you in a big way. I mean, the Dino Cicerelli's, Ryan Bellows, oh man, Bobby Smith, Neil Broughton, so much talent on that team, but so little to show for it other than the Campbell Conference Championship in 81. All right, so let's check on a team called the Iowa Wild, see how these young guys are doing. Um, not nearly as much progress as there was last week, unfortunately, for the guys, the young guys. In fact, really, <laughs> the Raphael Brasseris and Zach Phillips, uh, just just, uh, just an assist for Zach Phillips this week. He now has 20 po- points in 43 games. Raphael Brasseris at 16 points in 39 games. Uh, Stephen Comfort's kind of been kind of been slowly coming up the ranks a little bit as a defenseman over there, but really, Brian Connolly still leading the way a general general uh, career minor leaguer, unfortunately. So, again, the Wild being led by career minor leaguers. <laughs> Carson McMillan, Jonathan Blum leading the way. Would really like to see Zach Phillips move up, but he he's you know he looks he showed signs, but kind of quieted a bit. Raphael Brasseris kind of quiet you know quietly been creeping up a bit though. The past few weeks, hoping for the best there. Obviously, there's there's prospects all over the system. We we know that in other countries and such. But you know, these are the local. These are the ones that are like the closest to come into the to the wild anyway, because they're in the AHL. And right now, uh, obviously, none of them really close to the NHL right now. Unfortunately, Zach Phillips and such 
Luckily, Jason Zucker has found his way <laughs> to has been able to stick stick in the NHL roster. Been on the fourth line of late. That was the other guy with uh, Tory Mitchell and Eric Halla. Just extremely fast fourth line and a lot of talent with Halla and Zucker. Mitchell, a role player, but a damn fast and good defender, damn fast one and good defender on the wing as well. Um, but nobody, nobody here right now appears anywhere near coming up to the NHL. We've pretty much uh, exhausted the guys that are closest to getting there. Brett Ballmer, well, Brett Ballmer's got ten goals. That's good, but he's he's been hurt as well, so that's not going to help anybody in any way, shape, or form. Iowa Wild with a quiet week this week, and that's just how it goes. We're going to wrap that up right there. Nothing really to say. Nothing really exciting to talk about with the Iowa Wild right now. Yes, there's prospects there. I remember somebody complaining about saying, oh, there's only a couple guys. Joe, you only said there's only a couple guys. Well, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to bring that up anymore. i got to stop bringing that up. That's silly. <laughs> um... Tyler Kuma hurt again, three assists, hasn't done squat. It's it's frustrating. Yes, there's prospects there, but they're not doing that good. And, yeah, luckily there's a lot of prospects that are on the wild now, like the Eric Hawes and Zuckers. So that's the good news. <laughs> I better just leave it as it is. I want to thank all of you for listening. Hopefully the wild can come out with two points in the next in the next two games here before the Olympic break, but we'll just we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I will do a show on the weekend reviewing the two games, and I will preview the upcoming games. And then after that, we will go on break. There will be no Brave the Wild until the Wild start playing the games that I preview. (laughs) That's basically how things are going to go. Let's just look at what I'm going to be previewing here. Let's (laughs) have a brief checkup to see that coming up. I wish this was quicker, and I do apologize for that. Here we go. Uh, I would be previewing... uh, uh, Edmonton and Vancouver, and I believe one more game in March upcoming. It's just a lot of uh, crazy stuff because, yeah, the Wild are going to be gone from the 6th to the 27th, so we're going to be missing a few games here along the way. Yeah, I would be previewing just those two on the next show. So, yeah, just thought I'd bring that up. And then, of course, we'll be gone for about two weeks. So, thanks again for listening. Do tell a friend about the show. Sorry I rambled a little bit there at the end, but hey, this isn't that long of a show anyway, so so give me a break, damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, tell a friend about the show. Do give Brave the Wild a rating on iTunes. Would really appreciate it, and I will give you a shout-out on the next show after, after we see your rating on there. If you give us a nice positive review, really do appreciate it. Please do it. Do that. It would only help the show in a great way. Remember to like the Facebook and follow the Twitter and the phone lines as well. Do call in to 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. Thanks again for listening. Go wild. Go, go get those Tampa Bay Lightning. It's going to be quite a test. We'll be back this upcoming weekend. <laughs>